Well, Callum, it's the morning after the night before. Aberdeen have reached uncharted territories in Europe. We are in the playoffs. As fans of American sport and basketball and American football, we all know the excitement that playoffs generate. I think it's fair to say there's a lot of excitement around Aberdeen this morning. Definitely. I, I may not look as very excited. Uh, or sound it. <laughs> or sound it. But no, I am. I am very excited. Um, we'll see what see what next week brings. It's, it should be interesting. Um, I don't know what to expect, in all honesty. But that's that's the beauty of playoffs, baby. Oh, God. This is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I had, I knew you'd get something in about the playoffs there. But hopefully we perform better than the Miami Heat did. Uh, and that's all I'll say on that one. <laughs> 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 but uh, second 5-3 aggregate win in Europe this season five wins out of six so far for Stephen Glass um, this season as well obviously that one defeat kind of coming in a game that maybe it's hard to judge given when we were 5-1 up uh, after the first leg but certainly an entertaining affair last night it was it was uh, obviously that the time's a little bit cagey but I, I did watch the highlights again uh, today just to make sure I was remembering things correctly um, but pretty end to end actually at one stage uh, the man on co-coms did say it was a bit like a basketball game at one point just end to end constant chances um, that's entertainment baby it's glass ball kid just hates clean sheets but he loves getting us to score goals <laughs> Stephen Glass's Soccer Reds entertainment guaranteed value for money but um, we'll maybe come on to value mm. for money later on in the show mm-hmm. um, so it's been a hot topic of discussion this week in the build up to the game looking at the team lineup, uh, Dylan McGeek retained his place in the starting 11 alongside Scott Brown Johnny Hayes despite his injury at Livingston was fit enough for the bench J. Emmanuel Thomas finding himself on the bench alongside um, I don't know about you because I know you were like me enjoying your time in Scotia pre-match but I was uh, a bit surprised at the team lineup. I actually thought we were quite def- defensive looking. I think so too. I was a bit surprised. Um, I maybe wasn't surprised to perhaps see Jet Jet drop to the bench. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. he's uh, as we've said, maybe like sort of high maybe pressing. <laughs> yeah, maybe struggle, but sort of high pressing games kind of things. Uh, not his thing, and obviously he hasn't performed quite to the level like he did against Hacking maybe the last couple of games. But I thought maybe someone like McLennan maybe would have started up in support of Ramirez or something like that. Even mm-hmm. maybe Naomi get again, even though. Mm, it was a bit meh, uh, Livingston. But um, no, it was. Uh, I think it was set up to be conservative, if possibly, to keep things tight and not lose those early goals like we did against Hacking and uh, all of a sudden have a total nightmare on our hands, basically. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, it was that, that first half did have that cagey feel to it, the opening 20 minutes. And I think Breedleblit, they came out maybe as we expected. I think that's possibly why we went with a team we did to maybe like stuff the midfield and null any possible attacking threat because we saw how well they moved the ball over in Iceland um, and, you know, attacked in, in, in good measure. But I thought we largely dealt well, both Mackenzie and Ramsey as fullbacks, dealt with what they had to offer. Um, first half, I think the only real chance of note that I remember was when they did get in behind Jack McKenzie and I think it was Wilhelmsen misses the open goal. Yeah, I think so. I can't, I can't remember whether I think maybe McCrory got a touch and it was offside or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah was, I couldn't remember if, if there was a, a covering defender that got in and I think he put him off anyway yeah. because really 
um, I was a glaring miss. I thought it was. I think we did get away with one there um, a little bit. But I, if you, that's the only chance you can remember. And I was going to be struggling to remember much more. But <laughs> even on the highlights, yeah, I think that was basically basically it. But um, on another day, perhaps might see a different outcome. But we call me that Stephen Glass's tricky reds. Yeah, but it's not like us to be riding our luck defensively. It's not like we've done that all season so far. I know, and then it only carried on in the second half as well. Yeah, it's not like, well, we, we changed things, but we're still struggling to change things defensively, but we'll, mm. we'll come on to that. We created chances of our own in the first half after that warning shot. Um, but some costly finishing um, that thankfully didn't come back to bite us, but <clears> both <throat> chances... I mean, they both, in Ryan Hedges and Christian Ramirez, hit the target. Mm-hmm. Do you think both should be doing better? I think the Ramirez one's the harder one, but Hedges, I think, is inexcusable not scoring. Maybe harsh saying that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I, I possibly agree. I think we did, uh, did recover um, later on, however. But um, I think in this game, Hedges could have had about a double hat-trick uh, without a chance he had. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think Ramirez... Uh, I think it's hard for him for, to take that one on uh, to try and sort of start outside the post get it to come back in again but um, maybe still should have done a little bit better it's a fairly straightforward save for the keeper Yeah, notice he took it first time maybe mm. maybe could have taken another touch to set himself I get, guess why he's doing it to try and set it out past the post and curl it back in but just felt a bit rushed when it when it maybe didn't need to be mm-hmm. um, but, but overall you know the first half probably didn't go the way we would have expected and you know, nil nil at half time. I would argue that they were probably been the happier side, um, and I thought they definitely shaded the first half overall. I'd say possibly. Yeah, I don't know if they shaded the first half for me, but um, I feel like they've been the happier side, um, having not really been put to the sword at home in front of a big crowd, and still mm-hmm. having forty five minutes to go and bringing in the tie. Essentially, um, all things considered, um, they sort of came up. Feel like they did come up with the game plan and. Yeah, they would have been happy with it uh, come 45 minutes, perhaps more happy than Stephen Glass, hence we saw those changes. Yeah, and like in Iceland, um, when the game was maybe not going as well as we would have liked, um, Stephen Glass once again showing that he's not afraid to make any changes at half-time to uh, to last night instead of the three that we saw the week before. Uh, Funzo Ojo coming on for Dylan McGeek, a substitution, and I said to Brune because I said, you know, we were lacking something in that midfield, just a little bit of spark. I never thought spark and Funzo Ojo would be two words I'd be saying together this uh, last season. And then um, Conor McLennan coming on for Declan Gallagher. Were you surprised by that second change? Um, I was a little bit, actually. I came back for the second half and I was like, oh my God, Conor McLennan's on. Uh, kind of had no idea what was going on. But, um, but no, I was, was like, yeah, yeah, basically. I'm just sort of winging my way through everything at the moment. Um, but uh, no, I was I was surprised, but it's a positive change, about as positive as you can get, really. Um, and, you know, it's good to see, and clearly, I think it did uh, it did work. Obviously, Conor Clennon did have a couple of chances, uh, didn't take them, but he looks brighter, I feel like. He looks a bit more coherent as well uh, at times, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with him so far. Yeah, um, but when you make substitutions at halftime and you want them to have an impact, you want it to be, I don't think you would expect it to be as instant as the impact Funza Odro had in, well, the fancy Pirlo footwork. Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> would have been proud of, definitely, um, linking back to Belgium. And yeah, setting up Ryan Hedges beautifully, who for his miss that he had in the first half and you know, he had a, another poor miss in the second half. 
there was no missing that one. No chance. But, I mean, Prince Ojo gave him no no chance of missing it, essentially. He put it on an absolute plate for him. Easiest goal you'll probably ever score. Um, but what an impact Ojo had. I, I honestly, for a man that was like halfway out the door, you'd probably expect, um, I don't, after he went all the way and then came back, even under steam glass, I didn't really expect him to have this sort of uh, role, let alone even be here at all, maybe. Um, but he mm-hmm. looks like a genuine new man, and it's brilliant. And I sort of thought, well, as soon as Hedges scored, watched it on the highlights, he's pointing at Ojo straight away. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So it's glad I'm glad he's gonna get the credit he deserves from his teammates as well, not just us. Yeah, that's that's the the thing I was away to say. I'm glad you brought it up because I was gonna say that they all made a point of appreciating the work that Ojo put in. Um, him himself probably unlucky not to find himself on the score sheet again. Just maybe wants to touch up on his finishing, but another good block defensively. Um, you know, you think at 1-0, will we see the will we see any form of fight back? Will the stuffing be knocked out of Beelbick? But no, they they stuck at their job, they stuck at their task like they did in the first leg. And they came back. Now I had to watch this go back on the highlights as I missed it during the game due to the flag waving, but that's you know, maybe another controversial topic that I know is out there. Um Jack McKenzie maybe getting caught out by the crossfield ball, but Aolson, like he did in the in the first leg, an excellent finish. It was a very, very good finish. It was a little bit concerning how free he was, as free as a bird on the edge of the box there. Yeah. Um, but don't can't take anything away from the finish. It was a great finish from him and gave Lewis no chance. But exactly, they, they did come back, they came back scrapping. That's maybe a bit harsh to be honest to say, scrapping, because they do play some really good football and we saw that and they, they created, do, a, yeah. created a lot of uh, clear-cut chances, perhaps more than we'd like to be giving away. And they happened to take that one. Thankfully, they weren't so clinical um, the rest of the time. Yeah, but I was going to pick up on that point there about the chances that they were creating. I know through their own good work, they did create plenty. But once again, we saw evidence of us gifting teams chances, which we really can't afford to do if we want to you know, get to the group stages. Because there's going to be a step up in opposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. We can't afford to do it against Carabag. But also, look at we've got Hearts next in the league. Um, not discounting yeah. Wraith, of course. Um, mm-hmm. coming up but we've got Hearts next in the league as well and we can't be giving them that, those sort of chances either they've all, they've got off to a great start back in the Premiership so um, yeah it's something that probably needs to be addressed um, if, if, well, they, they probably don't have much time to work on these kind of things right now it's just no. game after game after game so um, uh, hopefully we do sort of see it sorted out eventually but um, we can't we can't keep giving up these clear cut opportunities because teams will start taking them no, and especially when, I suppose, in a game like last night when we were not exactly clinical in front of goal. I know we did come away with two, but when you're giving up chances to teams and, and conceding conceding goals, but also conceding poor goals like we've seen previously, the Livingston goal, you've got to start being more clinical up top as well. Because, you know, it referred to the last episode when you said, you know, if they score six, we'll score seven. Which is what I feel is like the motto of our season. It's, I don't care how many you score, we'll score more. Mm-hmm. But I think a few of us would like a, a little less, uh, leave some more nails on, on our fingertips by the end of the, the 90 minutes. I think so, because, if, I mean, there is going to be days where we have days where we can create as many chances as you like and we won't score. We won't score tonight. So mm-hmm. we need to do, we do need to tighten things up at the back. But, um, and also, yeah, start taking, taking the chances. As I said, Brian Hedge is obviously 
took both goals very very well. First one he couldn't couldn't miss really, but um, yeah. but he could have had another two, three maybe even with the chances yeah. he had. And you've got Ramirez too. He had a couple of chances. Uh, Conor McLaren too. It'd be good to see us be a bit more clinical. Um, maybe yeah. we're being picky. We probably are being very picky considering we came through with a two-one win. But um, you know, we've got to find something. We've got to look about. at. Yeah, well, you've also got to look at both sides of things as well as being happy. You know, you're always I suppose striving for perfection. Um, and there's definitely things that we can perfect ahead of the next round. And like you say, going into the cup on Sunday and then following up again at Hearts in the League, which won't be an easy game. And and like you said, you know, Aelson found himself free as a bird on the edge of the box. That's something that they'll want to look at from an Aberdeen point of view is whose man was that? And why did he have so much free space? And hey, fair enough, he takes it first time, doesn't even need to take a touch and curls it into the side netting beautifully. But again, from an Aberdeen point of view, how is he finding himself in so much space at the edge of our box to get that type of shot away? And and we then, you know, we put ourselves under a bit of pressure by conceding that goal because with no away goals in the tie, um, now in Europe, it meant a a second goal for them on the night um, would have seen the tie go to extra time. And like you said, though, they nearly got it by sloppy play from Constantine looking for the pass. Ferguson caught out. Don't know if he's, you know, dilly-dallying his minds elsewhere, wasn't expecting the pass, who knows. But Joe Lewis, who maybe had a quieter night than he was expecting, was was on his toes. You know, we've been critical of him in the past, but when we needed him last night, he stepped up. Yeah, I've been critical of him in the past and maybe didn't cover himself on glory for the Livingston goal maybe it's a bit harsh but um, it was good to see him when called upon his concentration level is obviously clearly high and uh, bailed us out a couple of times um, obviously yeah it wasn't his busiest night but when he was there uh, when he was needed he was there and ready ready yeah. to be called upon and like you said we were just lucky that the, the follow up effort was just ballooned over the bar because a bit more composure um, mm-hmm. we could have been talking about a different outcome here um, but it's not to not to be uh, in the case of Rio Beck and we, we've got a trip to, to Baku to look forward to. But Ojo, uh, again, his impact was was shown there in the second goal. Um, brilliant ball through to Christian Ramirez, who I don't think we can call this. Um, he's trying to take that down for himself, but works out nicely that slows the, the ball for Ryan Hedges and, and what a finish. Yeah, what a finish indeed. He took it brilliantly, just stepped onto it. Uh, stepped onto it absolutely perfectly, uh, curled it in, and oh, it just looked, it just looked, you know, when goals just look amazing. Yeah. That one was one of them, perfect. Especially when you're watching it from behind the goal as well. Like yeah, you can exactly. see it's in from the minutes left as foot. Yeah, it's like the perfect view. Same as when, like, sort of Ferguson here. I hit his one from outside the box against Hacking. As soon as yeah. he hit that, I thought oh, it's in straight away. Um, yeah. And same again there. But it's just, it's, I love goals like that. He just stepped onto it perfectly, curled it around mm-hmm. the keeper. Uh, and great celebration as well, to be fair. Good knee slide. I appreciate a good knee slide. Very impressed. Well, and, and what celebration in the red shed as well, because another terrific atmosphere generated by a sellout crowd in, 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 the, in the Merkland, especially. Yeah, definitely. Um, I said to my dad, I, was, I had a conversation. I was like, "Let's see if you can move our season tickets." Uh, I think he was best pleased. But um, you know, uh, great atmosphere, fair play to everyone, and I think uh, just long may it continue. Really, it's weird having an atmosphere at Pataudry, isn't it? Oh, and uh, you know, an atmosphere that continued 
throughout the game. And, you know, in large, most of the songs, they continued to support the players and drove drove them on for what it seemed, especially in that second half. You know, even at 1-1, the vocal backing continued. There wasn't that nervousness, like nervous energy that would tend to creep in when there wasn't an atmosphere at Pataudry. So, yeah, really refreshing, refreshing to see. I agree. And also, I think um, when under previous management, perhaps, I wouldn't have had the confidence that we'd have then gone on, got another goal. I feel like it might have mm. been like, okay, let's just game management, see this out, nothing silly. Um, but we went and got that goal, secured it, uh, secured our place in the next round. And uh, no, it was very much welcome. Long, long may glass ball continue. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Yeah. And, and, you know, not only did we get the second goal, but we could have easily had a third or fourth uh, Connor McLennan channeling his inner Darren Mackey on his one-on-one with the with the keeper there as he put it straight at, at straight at him when he had loads of choice go either side take it round the keeper but yeah um, he sclaffed it I watched the highlights and he sclaffed it which I mean it's not great but he wasn't aiming to do that alright still channeling his inner Darren Mackey is what I'm going to say um, and you know uh, Jet and I think his desperation to grab his first goal you know, shooting instead of playing in Ojo, but then we've seen what Ojo's records like with his finishing so far this season. So it was maybe just as well. But yeah, again, you've got to commend Stephen Glass for the way he decided to take the game by the scruff of the neck and make the changes at the right time. And, you know, some people will call it a gamble, making those changes at halftime with the tie, you know, finally balanced maybe at nil-nil. Because, you know, if they grab the first goal, we'd be talking about a different game when you've already made two changes. But eh, like you said in the last episode, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. So No, thanks. I don't mind that. I don't mind that from Glass. I think, again, sorry to hop back to previous management. I'm sure you're probably sick of me doing it. But <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened. Uh, changes often left late. I like that. Going and taking control of the game or trying to anyway. And in this case, it worked. And it was two effective changes as well. Um Okay, one more perhaps than the other. But I like it. I like it. Going and taking the game head on and trying to get control of it and take control of the tie and seal the deal. And eventually, well, they paid off. So can't complain, can you? No, you can't. Um, I suppose, you know, we've um, already touched on um, looking ahead to, to Baku uh, next week. We'll be joined by Patrick Kasky. Um, he's going to join me and not you, Callum, because you're on a, a weekend away. Um, Grant Campbell is once again coming off the substitute bench to join me. Um, so he'll be joining me and Patrick to, to look ahead to the game. Those of you that follow us on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast will have seen the thread that we quoted last night. Patrick's done a little bit of analysis uh, on Carabag and the threats that they possess. Um, so check that out as well as checking us out on Twitter. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe if you haven't done so. Uh, once again, we really appreciate all the support that's been shown to this podcast uh, over the last week. For the first time, Callum, you know, we went over a thousand listens in a week. Um, again, can't believe that when we got to 900 and odd last week to go over a thousand of you listening to us is pretty mental and you know Callum just 14 subscribers short of 600 even that as you know it's been a hundred we've had a hundred of you subscribed to the channel in less than three weeks is mm. again mental stuff I mean look at me you're actively choosing to come here and listen or watch this so uh, yeah. thank you very much no, it is much appreciated I don't think we expected 
well, I don't even expect to still be doing it at this stage when we started. Um, no. So, see, yeah, especially after that Celtic episode. But well, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, it is much appreciated. And as I said, if you've not subscribed or followed, or whatever, uh, whatever you're tuning in, please be sure to get involved. You can probably laugh at more hungover me in future. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Grant Campbell's more than an able substitute. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look forward to having him back on the show again. But we've spoken about. Um, you know we need to improve in front of goal for the next round maybe look to shore up defensively our goal threat that came last night Ryan Hedges he's been subject to a lot of transfer speculation mm-hmm. how much do you think last night will have maybe added to his transfer value but also highlights the importance that we need him to <coughs> sign that contract definitely well he's moved from Bunkery to Aberdeen so um uh, that yeah, suggests sending, he's not going anywhere. I, I liked how he sent Twitter into meltdown with his Instagram post about, you know, his Instagram post of a yeah. moving company. Yeah, but suddenly thought he was away. Thing is, there's no way he would ever post that if he was leaving, <laughs> really. Uh, but no, that was, that's the one time I didn't go into meltdown. To be honest, um, yeah. but no, it definitely. I mean, actually, this season we mentioned that you know last season he was like our one shining light for most of the time, um, mm-hmm. and perhaps this season he hadn't quite got going. So it was good to see him get firing. I say added to that value, and maybe he might add a another. Uh, you know, maybe some, that might um, improve improve his hand in terms of contract negotiations. Jesus Christ, I need to lie down after this. <laughs> Um, no, I was thinking you need to lie down after that sentence. Ken, honestly, Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but also at full time, it was picked up by many that um, during the lap of honour, there was one missing player from that, Lewis Ferguson, straight down the tunnel instead of joining in. Do you think we can read much into that or? Ah, probably not. Did he not do it after the hacking came in and Calvin Ramsey as well went down? I can't remember. He's probably used to just. Be, uh, been able to get away with murder on th- under his uh, basically his father Derek McInnes so um, so he's I don't know I don't think we should read m- too much into it I'm trying not to anyway because it's a horrible thought um, <laughs> but essentially that's that's all it is but um, as long as his dad shuts up and his uncle shuts up and stupid agent shuts up we'll be fine no problem let's just folk will be thinking as soon as Callum shuts up it'll be fine <laughs> aye yeah no, that's what they sign up for really isn't it so. yeah um, and one thing um, that maybe a lot of you that are tuning in will also want to see improving for the next round Callum is pricing yes I would agree um, £32 it's bloody ridiculous when you look at well, St Johnston. I think you were 34 um, for some areas of the stadium as well you? Jesus Christ mm-hmm. Dave mate you're claiming to be all for the fans, man of the people, etc. 32 quid in the first game back after a pandemic and people thought we were able to get to the football for a year and a half. Wise up, mate. Dave's a, Dave's a businessman. He knows how to recoup those nine and a half million pound losses. I don't care. It's shite from him. Shite chat. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. Well, and I'm not no, saying was... hard done by here or anything like that, but I'm saying you could sell that place out if they made it 25 quid and they sold it out on Tuesday. Hmm. let alone still having to get on a Thursday a lot of people made good points about you know the cost of families because you touched on there you know we harp on as a club about being a family club and we're, we're trying to attract the youth fans into the game so for three under 18s that wanted to go in the red shed last night £45 but yeah an under 18 season ticket £86 you know families <clears> they said 
you know, if you're looking at maybe under 16s, most of these, if you're wanting, might want to go with their parent, dads, mums, mm. mum and dad, you know, you're then 60 quid before you even taken your child. And let's mm. be honest, when you're taking your child, they're not going to sit there for 90 minutes and not want a pie, mm. a juice, crisps, you know, okay, the, the product on the pitch is entertaining, um, but they also want to be, you know, fed off the pitch as well. It's becoming an expensive day out. And it's, I am glad, you know, Cormac has come out and acknowledged that they're going to review the pricing ahead of the Carabao game. I hope it's acknowledgement in some form that they've got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen folks saying 20 is plenty, um, you know, possibly right, but, you know, maybe £20 for season ticket holders, £25 maximum for the rest because you're still rewarding uh, season ticket holders for their loyalty, but you're not pricing out other fans, you're not making it too expensive, and you've also significantly lowered the cost from the previous round. You know, I was trying to work it out. Um, excuse, I'm going to get my calculator out in true accounts. Oh goodness me, Ken. Um, you I'll know, just... fifteen thousand at an average of let's say twenty nine pounds because we've got, you know, we've made four hundred thirty five thousand from that in ticket sales alone. You know, working that on an average, we're now going to get. I think it was 750,000 euros for getting to the playoffs. So, you know, we're certainly making money back. I know the club will say, well, you know, the charters aren't cheap and certainly a charter mm-hmm. to back who's not going to be be cheap by any um, by any means. But don't sting the fans, you know, the fans that have been craving getting back into the football for so long. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what? So there could have been another couple of thousand in there whatever tonight say that's people who haven't been regularly or maybe thinking, oh, I'm not sure about it, then they go see a performance like that, they maybe want to come back in an atmosphere like that. And another factor you have to take into account as well, and not only thing um, spending money on sort of pies, programmes or whatever other day as well, but there's also the cost of travel. How many people who go to the yeah. games aren't from Aberdeen? Or don't live in Aberdeen, sorry. Um, I've got to come in, I've got to get a train in from Inverurie, I've got to drive in, there's petrol costs, all that kind of thing. It all does all add up. It sounds like we'd be paid. I like it's it's not, it's just a case of looking after people as they're meant to claim to do, um, really. Yeah, and I think you know, we had a work call um, today, uh, and we you know we was um, we were saying about as well, you know, a lot of people working from home now as well. Mm. So they've got to be able to make it marketable to attract these fans that aren't or are no longer work within the city mm. that would you know find it easy to go along to you know at the end of their working day. They've got to get these folk into the city. You know, maybe we can see a link up with first boss, stagecoach, Scott Rail. Let's see some thing like that going forward and um, make some form of attractive pricing and um, commuting as well to get to these games so yeah it'll be interesting to see what what prices um, what prices we get okay so that is the European action put aside till next week it's back to domestic action and the first chance for silverware as the Dons head to Kirkcaldy in the lunchtime kickoff on Sunday in the Premier Sports Cup Callum you'll be one of the uh, Red Army in attendance but do you expect Stephen Glass to do similar as we saw at Livingston and rotate the squad? Um, I would expect so um, I think it's probably needed going to Azerbaijan um, on, on Thursday that'll take some a lot of out of the players as well as obviously this tough fixture schedule uh, the busy fix, fixture schedule I'd expect something similar as against Livingston um, 
perhaps sort of similar similar sort of players as well dropping out. But um, obviously we'll have them ready on the bench, ready to go if need be, like like we did against Livingston. And hopefully we should uh, have enough about us to get us through. However, I'm going to mention this now. In terms of race, I hope Christoph Berra is playing. I hope he's playing. <laughs> I've missed calling him a shite Scott McKenna, and it's still going to happen. Can't wait for yeah, that. Yeah, shite Declan Gallagher, I'm sure. Yeah, um, probably on Sunday but I was listening to John McGlynn on Wraith TV speaking about how he's hoping our focus is elsewhere and uh, you know maybe can catch us on a bit of an off day do you think there's possibly a danger of that that we might have our eye on next Thursday I'd like to think Glass, will, Glass won't allow that um, he seems to talk talk good game and I think it's a good chance uh, at Silverware and that's what he says he wants to do here um, so I think it would be, it would be silly to let, let the mind out, uh, go elsewhere let's be honest it's more likely uh, that we're going to be successful in winning this tournament than uh, the Conference League despite the fact we obviously love to get to the group stages um, so I'd like to think he would allow it I, I hope uh, he's got them all on the ball even if there is rotation and also for those uh, players coming in um Players like Jack Gurr, whoever, if they're fit, they've got points to prove. again. Exactly. He's got a point to prove. Bloody hell, don't, doesn't he? So, mm. you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, in, I'm kind of interested to see what team we put out. Um, you know, thinking back to that Livingston game where we made six changes. Uh, you know, Jet didn't start last night. I expect him to start over Ramirez. Niall McGinn possibly starting. You look at Connor McLennan, he's not had maybe as many minutes as you'd have maybe hoped as individual. Dean Campbell, we've not seen him yet this season. Could we see him coming into the midfield to give Scott Brown a rest? Again, Dylan McGeek, he hasn't played as many minutes as Scott Brown. Will we see him? You've also got Ojo there. Do you rest him? We're, you know, Jenks as well, he could come in to stake a claim. Maybe he could come in off to, off of the top, uh, playing behind a jet. No, it'll be interesting to see what we do. Because I saw as a question posed by um, Greg ABZ on on Twitter was, would you sacrifice in a way this game on Sunday for the for the European game, or should we not kind of have that mentality? Should we be going out to just win every game we're playing in? I think realistically, in terms of looking after the players, we will have to rotate. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying wholesale changes. I would not like to see that if you sort of change the whole team. I would not like that. But um, I don't, think we should, I don't think we should sacrifice it and, and I think rotate but don't like put yourself at total I risk throw of, it away yeah, yeah basically yeah. yeah that's what I would say because there's a yeah. chance of success at this comp- in this competition um, yeah. obviously Rangers been beaten already this season uh, they're not as untouchable as uh, everyone thought they were as soon as there's a crowd they shit themselves Celtic have no idea I don't know what Celtic team's going to turn up and yeah. um, you know there's, there's a chance for success so let's try have a go whilst being sensible in terms of the fixture schedule yeah definitely I, although I think you know I know we said we're, we're speaking about domestically but if things go well over in Azerbaijan on Thursday night I think we will chuck the game on Sunday away to hearts which uh, you know we're delighted to find out that we're getting uh, 1,200 tickets for um, so that's a nice and a nice boost to see because you know going into that game on Sunday we've got two and a half thousand I think allocated but it's great to see more away fans getting back into games. One hundred percent. It's good to get on the road again. It's good to get away with your pals for like not even just getting to the football, just sort of the day out, seeing them and um, things like that. Um, it can can only be good and long. Hopefully, we, this is just the way it's going to uh, keep getting better and better. And uh, actually, funny I mentioned Wraith 
20 quid they're charging. Look at that. 20 quid for mm. an away ticket. Yeah, brilliant. No, no loyalty points though, Callum. Another hotly, <laughs> hotly disputed, especially when it comes to the game against uh, uh, the game against Hearts when you know these loyalty points might come into contention for for a few people. But hey, that's a, a topic that I hasten to get into because mm. it's one that annoys me no end. Uh, looking ahead again to Sunday, Wraith um, in this competition so far are unbeaten. Uh, wins against Cowdenbeath and Brecon, draws against Livingston and Alloa, albeit um, mixed results on the penalty shootouts in those draws. Uh, league campaign so far and um, probably everyone's familiar with their opening day game 4-0 up with 20 minutes to go against Hamilton before ultimately drawing 4-all and then falling to a narrow defeat away to Inverness in, in their second game so looking at their fixtures and score lines most of the games seem to be quite tight affairs mm-hmm. Um main, main striker I think he maybe plays a midfield Lewis Vaughn's out injured um, for this game as well so there's maybe chances that we can get behind Drake but they'll certainly be an organised outfit yeah they will be they will be um, I'm sure John McGlynn would not have a non-organised outfit he would not allow for that sort of thing but having said that they are subject to capitulation against Hamilton as we saw Um but no, I think it would be interesting I think any, if Christoph Bell is playing as I've mentioned um, that's mm-hmm encouraging and um, man can't move anymore so and um, I think I like to think our dynamic uh, forwards will be able to have a, have a good day out with him mm-hmm. um, but uh, we don't have any, any, I say this as if we've not race hasn't caused us problems before in the past Gregory Taddy I'm looking at you mm-hmm. um, it's it's concerning They've, their team at times do haunt me but um, you know we should be confident we should be confident even if we do rotate and um I like that we go down there. There should be a good following uh, from the red, travelling Red Army. So why not get get this cup show on the road and then we'll win the lot. Yeah. And I suppose, though, just to touch on that squad rotation, um, maybe a factor that will come into it is the, is the pitch. Um, it's it's going to be another plastic pitch that, to contend with. So, uh, you know, Messrs Hayes and, and Campbell, who've previously had knocks and niggles, um, and are maybe working their way back to full fitness. Is that going to be this t- type of surface you'd like to see them come into? Probably not. Probably not. No, it will be something they have to consider uh, going into this game. Uh, perhaps resting Brown, obviously an aging player. You don't really want to. Uh, these pitches can do. They, they're a total enigma. Anything could happen with these pitches. Um, so yeah, I think. But it's a good point you raised, especially yes, about Hayes and Campbell. You maybe don't want to. Uh, Brush them back too quickly onto one of these pitches, especially because, um, as I said, there's so many injuries that can happen, and uh, they're a danger. They're a danger to society. <laughs> they are a danger, and this tie does possess the danger to be a banana skin for Aberdeen. Hopefully, it won't be. Um, but I suppose that depends on the attitude of the manager and players towards this tie. Hopefully, like you've said, Cam, we we approach it with the right attitude. Uh, and the first chance to really get on the road to winning silverware this season's you know a, a cup that we have won um, previously, and you know silverware is something that certainly we all want to see returning to Tawdry on a regular basis. 
Yeah, of course we do. And uh, Mr. Cormac and Mr. Glass have, have talked it up. So I'd like to think that uh, we won't be too silly. We'll be sensible about this uh, going into this game. Sensible in terms of managing the game, uh, but also the, the fixture schedule. So this would be a good place to get started. Obviously, Cups didn't go so well last season. It'd be nice to get off to a good start. Yeah, and it's also going to be a good opportunity, like you said, for those on the fringes to kind of step up and state their claim. We've got big games coming up. Um, Europe domestically as well we're going to need the squad so we're going to need to make sure that these players are more than capable so let's see what those on the fringe are capable of doing um, for us but Callum I hope you enjoy um, the game on Sunday and I hope those of you that are tuning in or watching that are also attending enjoy yourselves um, and hopefully we, we get another victory to speak about um, like I said I'll be joined by Grant Campbell to review that game on Sunday and talk to Patrick Kasky about all things Carabag ahead of the European fixture next Thursday. That episode will be out on Monday. Uh, despite Callum being on holiday, he will still be editing and uploading the video for me. I know the work never stops. It might be Tuesday, but we'll see. Don't make any promises you can't keep. In fact, tell you what though, you'll have to subscribe and with notifications on to find out when it comes out. Thanks, Glenn. Set me up nicely for that one. Or follow us wherever you're tuning in and on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast. And also, if you've not subscribed already, this is essentially your perfect chance because I won't be there. So you'll have the lovely Grant and Patrick instead. So subscribe for them, if not, if, if, if it's not for me. 